Welcome to another informative episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. You know, obviously there's the, the students that you can attract, but, you know, they're coming out of school basically with software knowledge and not industry experience. Monetizing Your Creativity asks the question, what does it take to earn a living with your creative talents? Well, internships, I think that's, you know, the, the really the basis of where I started in my career. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't think broke into my career if I didn't have uh, what we called placements at that time. But when you spend time in a facility and understand how it's, how it's operating and see all the different roles, that's where we're going to grow as a community. We focus on the success principles common to all disciplines by interviewing producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, music composers, animators, designers, and much, much more. Learn how to create your own path to success. Let's roll. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. I'm your host, Marvin Polis. Not joining me this time is your co-host, Fred Keating, because Fred is in Los Angeles. He's arranging for some future episodes of the podcast while I'm in Vancouver, Canada. I'm meeting with Randy Egan from Post Pro Media. Randy, tell me about your business. Well, we're a post-production facility in Vancouver, and we specialize in the marketing and advertising industry. And we try to service clients, especially the agency clients, with uh, high-end post-production services with their clients. Now, I know a lot of our listeners will understand what post-production is, but for the benefit of those who don't, please uh, tell us more about that. For sure, yeah. So post-production is everything after that's been captured on set. So uh, all the footage that would be shot uh, comes to us as raw material and we then create the story uh, generated by usually a script that the agency would uh, come up with, an idea that the agency would come up with, and we generate the actual video content that um, is on the storyboard. And then along with that, once the story is completed, we then do the finishing portion. So that's everything from color correction, motion graphics, visual effects, and right down to, to delivery, to stations, to the web, any screen it would exist on. Now you mentioned ad agencies, so I guess these are your primary clients. Tell me more about who your clients are and, and what kind of projects you work on with them. Is it primarily television commercials? Primarily television commercials, although it is changing a bit. Uh, marketing is, is, is expanding into, into videos. Uh, so that can be anywhere from a very short 10-second or 7-second identification video that says that uh, this is the client and maybe they've sponsored something to longer videos, and maybe they're three minutes or, or four minutes, and they, they are describing uh, a process, uh, an internal communication perhaps, or uh, some other sort of uh, description of, of a service or brand that the client has. Now, what possessed you to get into this business? <laughs> I've been in the business since day one. I actually went uh, to school in Calgary uh, at SATE, that's the Southern Alberta Institute of Technology, and I thought actually I was going into radio. Uh, when I went right out of high school and then I fell in love with television because it was offered in the same course I was taking and the visual portion of, of television is what really attracted me to the business the ability to kind of manipulate stories and in a way that uh, was very different than audio so I, I was intrigued by the graphical sense I'm a very much a visual learner so the, the whole television aspect it just it just wowed me and so I started in Calgary uh, working for a television station I did everything from floor directing to camera to motion graphics uh, worked on the news 
I started editing then and worked my way up just by learning. Certainly school was good for a basis of broadcast design, but it, was, it, it obviously changed with technology. I had to learn myself on a lot of the equipment, and a lot of it was technical. So I was bringing my creative sense to the job, and that allowed me to expand into visual effects eventually, and then certainly now into um, editing and color correction and, and finishing. So you didn't actually start as the owner of your own business? No, I did not. No, gosh, I worked for uh, for many others for uh, probably 25 years before I decided that uh, owning was uh, a big part of where I wanted to go next in my career. The ability to kind of direct a company and a group of people to provide the service and uh, creativity to other clients with my knowledge, I thought that I had some leadership in that, in that way. I guess in your case, it's not only a case of having creative skills but entrepreneurial desires as well i guess in the end i never you know as i got out i you know as i got out of college i never thought i would be really be an owner i never had those desires i i just really wanted to be part of a team and and wanted to grow my own skill set so that i was a value to a, a company but then after a while of doing it for a while i thought well maybe the business side of things would be interesting and so the combination of my experience and and my eye and understanding uh, you know what a, a video or a commercial should include as well as then the business sort of it i thought was a nice blend now do you do both today or do you do you basically manage the company and and not spend any time the keyboard anymore. No, I, I can't let it go. I still, the creative part of it is very important to me and it allows me to stretch my muscle in that regard. So I, I am very much part of the finishing process. In my later years of, of doing it full time, I was more the online editor, finishing editor and visual effects person. So I have a lot of knowledge in that regard. So I wanted to continue doing that. And so I, I do a lot of that still and uh, mainly uh, I'm spending time doing color correction, which I love. The ability to kind of put the finishing polishes on, on videos. That really makes the, the mood and the, and the feeling of a video come to life. It's, it's still one of my huge passions. So it is a, it's, a, you know, it's a small company that I have, and so I have to wear many hats, but uh, I still want to keep my hand in the creative process. Right, because you have employees as well, right? Exactly, yeah. You know, I, I need to mentor and, and lead them in a direction. Uh, so I need to understand the processes very intimately, and I'd never want to give that up. If for me, it's a, a, perhaps a sense of loss of control when I don't understand what the, what the technology is doing, what software is doing. Um, I can't then lead in a way that I think I, I can in the end if I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Do you need to be kind of, you know, with two minds in that regard because you are a creative person yourself. You're managing creative people. Do you have to kind of let them learn how to do their own thing, even if it's maybe not the way you would have done it? Maybe yeah. there's more than one right answer? Excellent question. And, you know, I struggled with that certainly at the beginning when I took over ownership and the ability to just, just move over, let me sit down and do this because I know what I'm doing. <laughs> but yeah, describing things, I find I'm talking more about what I want in the end instead of t actually move, you know, sitting down and pressing the button that, I, that needs to be pressed. But, you know, with that comes, uh, you know, another viewpoint that I understand that the employees are giving to to a project. And it's very important as a team aspect to have that different viewpoint that maybe I didn't see, but they're bringing it to the table and I can maybe elevate it uh, by seeing it and, and offering other suggestions. So maybe you've learned not to be a control freak? <laughs> I, I control my, yeah, I have control in other areas, sometimes with numbers and, uh, and those things. And uh, certainly that's, that's part of my control uh, that I deal with every day. But I think I have an advantage with employees. I understand the creative side of things. 
and I understand where they're coming from. So when they're in the thick of a project and they're kind of maybe not coming up with some ideas, you know, I, I can recognize that pretty quickly and I can then guide them in a way that maybe will generate some more ideas by maybe sending them a link to a different uh, video for ideas. I have that, that sense that, that they may need some help developing their creativity. Now, when you're looking for employees, where do you look and what do you look for as attributes? You know, I struggle with that a lot when I, um, I'm looking for people because, you know, obviously there's the, the students that you can attract, but, you know, they're coming out of school basically with software knowledge and not industry experience. And so I think I've been a really good, a good eye for people that have a sense of the business and understanding clients, understanding the, the dynamics of a room and understanding when to speak and when not to speak, uh, how to talk to a client, offer them suggestions so that they feel like they're heard. And so I, I picked people for my team and my crew that, that have those skills innately. I've also picked some <laughs> bad ones um, based on other experiences that they've had, but um, I think for the most part, I, I have a really good sense of, of hiring. So part of what I'm hearing you say is that people need to come into this industry not only with the technical skills, not only with the creative skills, but people skills are just as important, maybe more so? Absolutely. You know, I've worked with guys who are really, really creative and, and really could create some amazing stuff, but they didn't know how to handle a client or they didn't have the uh, discipline to show up work on time or you know they didn't dress you know well enough or they kept missing meetings and that stuff I don't care how good you are if you can't do those things you're not useful to a company at all people will only put up with that for a short period of time and then they'll write you off I think you have to have a blend of both minds and I often ask when I'm interviewing a person can you divide your brain up between creative and technical and those are two sides of the brain that you need and obviously with that will come, you know, the, the social aspect of, of the business, the ability to, to command a room or to talk to a client in a way that, you know, especially over, you know, a, a phone meeting or in a meeting, they have to be able to know what to say, when to say it. Yeah, there, there is the technical part of it. It's things like, can you take that computer apart and put in some new RAM or the creative things like, do you really understand how the music is playing off against the visuals? But again, the people things. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, you know, it's easier to train somebody, sometimes the creative portion of things, if they have really good social skills. They'll learn, you know, uh, a software package very quickly uh, if they have the people skills, I, f I find. But, you know, I find that if they don't have the people skills and they're just technical, well, there's places for them, but but not particularly in my company because it's, it's too small. They need to be in a back room and maybe coding or doing something that's more specific that way. I just don't have that, that uh, role in my company. So where can people learn these people skills? Well, internships, I think that's, you know, the, the really the basis of where I started in my career. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't think broke into the into my career if I didn't have uh, what we called placements at that time. Uh, fortunately, SAIT in Calgary had uh, a two-week mandatory placement, whether it be a television station at the time back then. Now it would be different, I'm sure. But I really recommend that people that are coming out of school do take those opportunities to try to get into companies. Internship, at least in the advertising world, uh, is not as great as it should be, and it, it should get better at that. I know in the post-production world, there's a sense that it, it is expanding, but when you spend time in a facility and understand how it's, how it's operating and see all the different roles, 
that's where we're going to grow as a community. Randy, where can people learn more about PostPro? Yeah, certainly go to our website, postpromedia.com. Uh, there's a lot of our previous work there, and, uh, it, and you'll see the team as well. We're very proud of that. Randy, thanks again for joining us. I know this is going to be very useful for our listeners. All right. Good luck, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Monetizing Your Creativity. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. It helps us with our ratings. You can also visit monetizingyourcreativity.com for more information about the show. And hey, be sure to tell your friends who want to understand how to monetize their creativity.